Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social and Happy New Year! Happy 2024! The show that was 2023 is in our rear view mirror and we are just looking straight forward and ahead to a bright new shiny 2024. I am your host Darla Powell, the interior decorator from Darla Powell Interiors from, uh, gosh, has it been two or three years now? Where I retired from that to do Wingnut Social, a marketing agency full-time. We are a marketing agency for interior designers, to the trade vendors, architects, and the like. Please head on over to wingnutsocial.com to find out more. So guys, we had some replays. The last uh, three or four episodes were replays because burnout is a thing. <laughs> I needed a break. I'll be honest. I've been doing this podcast since 2018 um, with a break here and there for sure. But, you know, I just kind of... Uh, mama needed some time. Mama, <laughs> mama was burnout. And if you guys are watching our designed by Wingnut Social channel on YouTube, you can see this beautiful Stanley Cup, not the hockey trophy. <laughs> that my mother got us for Christmas, um, my, me and my wife. And I had no idea that they were a big deal uh, until we started seeing Facebook posts with people marking themselves safe from having received one. <laughs> I love it, though. I've been drinking a lot more water since I've had it. So there's that. Also, I wanted to remind you guys that our Instagram for Interior Designers course is our self-taught DIY Fully robust course from A to Z, soup to nuts over at wingnutsocial.com. If you're not in a position, as we're going to talk about on this episode with Jessica Harling, to hire someone to do your marketing for you and your, uh, for your interior design firm or related industry, it, it really works for all that, that Instagram for interior designers course is incredibly, incredibly helpful. And if you guys need to uh, see a real life testimonial for that, you just head on over to our episode with Ashley Marks, who took the course and is now crazy booked with huge projects. You can go back and that'll be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com. So you can see that it actually works. You just have to do it. It is a lot of work, right? There's a lot of elbow grease involved. Um, but that's why it's priced where it is, right? Because if you have someone do it for you, of course, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. And that's Instagram for interior designers at wingnutsocial.com. You want to check out Wingnut Academy in that Dropbox. And guys, uh, we review that and we update it every quarter. So it stays relevant and up to date for you because Instagram's always changing. But the basics and the nuts of the strategy and building a strategy don't change as often. But anyway, we update it for you guys. So head on over and check that out. All right. So it's been a hot min minute since Jessica Harling's been on the show and she was last on uh, episode 203. So <laughs> it's been a very hot several minutes and a lot has changed since Jessica has been on. We've had a pandemic. We've had elections. We've had economy ups and downs and ins and outs and backwards and forwards and aliens landing in maybe Miami, maybe California. Um, so much has gone on and there's been a lot of changes in the industry with regards to hiring and, and paying and salaries and benefits. And we do touch on that in our interview with actual dollar amounts. So if you're looking for a range, hey, I'm hiring a junior designer, what should I be paying them? 
you'll you'll kind of get a better feeling of, of what that could look like, right? It's not in it's not an inexpensive process, but you know, to grow your business and to make money, you have to do it. All right. So before I get into my conversation with Jessica Harling, you know the drill. And here's a very short bio. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> it's more about her firm than it is about Jessica, but you'll get to know her a little bit better in the interview. So behind the design, which is the name of her agency, builds dream teams from recruiting to training and process development. We nurture rock star talent and streamline systems to impact the bottom line, quote unquote. I'm doing finger quotes. All right, guys, help me in welcoming Jessica Harling to the show. Back to the show. Hey there, Jessica Harling. Welcome back to the show. How the hell are you? I'm doing great, Darla. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to have you back. You were on the show. Gosh, we were just talking in the green room. What's it been two or three years since yeah. you've been on? Yeah. What? That, that's a long time. It is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll go ahead and put 2027 on our calendar right now for your great. next appearance. <laughs> All right. Got it. Fabulous. Okay. So Jessica, it's been a lot has happened. Right. In the three years that you've been on the show, we've had a, a full fledged pandemic in 2023, 2021, <laughs> 2022. But I really am looking forward to getting your perspective on what you have seen from a recruiting and training agency for window treatment in the interior design business, uh, what you've seen and the differences. But before we get into our conversation, just tell the audience listening just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and we'll dig in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I own the company Behind the Design, and we are a people operations consulting company. Uh, we build dream teams in three ways, through finding top talents, training them to be successful in their role, and then developing processes so that they're streamlined and they can stay long term. And in return, you are then more profitable and everyone is less stressed. <laughs> Oh, thank you. That was very, that was your elevator pitch. Very well done. Um, <laughs> I love it. Very short and concise. So you, you guys um, specialize in the interior design window treatment milieu. There's no other industry you guys work with? That's or right. How does just, that work? Just the interior design trades. Um, I would okay. say uh, a majority is the interior designers, window coverings, um, but we've worked with furniture companies, um, flooring, custom closets, you know, anything in the interior design trades. <laughs> You've you've worked with people in the closet. Yeah, right. <laughs> in and out, you know. <laughs> that is really awesome. Okay, so when we talked to you last, it was before the pandemic, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. So just tell me briefly what you're seeing, or maybe not even briefly, this is a podcast, say, say what you want, um, what you have seen as far as the differences between recruiting and hiring pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, and if you want to throw in some during, that's fine, but what where's the industry leaning? What What is happening there? Because it's been a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Well, pre-pandemic, um, there was a, a big uh, power focus on the employers. You know, there's this big gate of um, questions and stages that a candidate has to go through to even be let in the doors. Um, and while there's still the gate now, candidates have a lot more control in the process um, and a lot more options. You know, when you think about like the internet and what's out there and social media, <laughs> everyone's posting. So there's a ton of options um, that are available, even if it's hard to find that top channel. Um, and that puts it in the favor of the candidate. So we have mm. to be smarter and more creative to capture that top talent um, where they have a little bit of the control. How much has remote work and that sticking around since the pandemic affected your 
you looking for those qualified candidates? Um, I, you know, that's a really interesting question because you get two types of candidates in this industry. Um, those that have some familiarity with how the industry works. We, you know, go into homes, mm -hmm. we go on the job sites, you know, there's an expectation that, you know, it's not like a doctor can say, I, I don't want to go to the hospital anymore. Well, that's where you do your business. So you have to. Um, <laughs> so there's an expectation there. Now, when it comes mm -hmm. to more administrative roles, like um, folks that might be in marketing or um, project management, things that could be a little bit on the computer, not on the job site, that's where you're getting more requests of hybrid or remote work, um, a big increase since the pandemic, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Are you finding that there's still a room for remote workers in the window treatment and interior design spaces? Is that even a thing now? Um, outside of the administrative piece, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's after, though, a period of time. You know, there's a, um, for the most part, a training period that would require some on-site work or on-hands learning, you know, especially interior design with sourcing and, you know, going to mm -hmm. um, job sites and stuff like that. And so that would require... Um, more of an on-site presence, but afterwards, I've worked with a lot of companies that actually have their team members that are remote or hybrid in a way, they only come into the office or go on site two days a week. We're seeing a lot of clients come to us at Wingnut Social who are broadening their service offerings for e-design and things that are completely remote, mm -hmm. right? Are you seeing an increase in hiring um, technicians or specialist designers who are capable of doing e-design or, you know, working with AI and all of that stuff remotely, or is it still, we need boots on the ground interior designers? What is your, what is trending there? Yeah, I'm seeing an increase in um, those folks being remote or an interest in gathering those. I mean, even an uptick mm -hmm. in um, subcontractors, virtual assistants, you know, people are starting to realize that um, there are ways to communicate without having the person right in front of you. And so um, those specialists are able to be remote and not on site. Yeah, but, but you're definitely seeing more. Are you getting more more inquiries as far as, you know, hey, Jessica, I really need to find this terrific e-designer because we're going in this direction. Are you seeing more of that than you were uh, before the pandemic? I'm just curious to see how that, that part is growing. Not as much in the e-design. Um, I'm still seeing okay. a lot of, um, you know, residential, high-end luxury. That's who a lot of the people mm -hmm. are looking for when they come to us. Um, I wouldn't say okay. e-design specifically. Yeah, you know, that, that's a good point that you bring up because, um, and maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the e-design option does tend to be not the luxury high-end kind of stuff mm -hmm. that people would come to you for to find those qualified candidates, right? Right. They're, they're, there's a little bit of this, right? Okay, and that then yeah. the higher-end luxury interior design is more boots on the ground, the designer's going to your house. <clears throat> that yeah. makes sense. Oh, yeah, careful. finding that perfect personality that... Um, you know, is going to make the relationships and and have the skill, you know, the actual mm -hmm. experience in interior design that you need the licenses for. Okay, so that that make that clarifies it all in my mind, and that makes perfect sense there. So you mentioned earlier that you guys will train mm -hmm. the people that you hire, right, for the for any given interior design firm. But I'm imagining that you are looking for a particular 
a particular set of skills. <laughs> <As Liam Neeson. laughs> right. right. My, forgive my bad Liam Neeson impersonation. <laughs> but right, well, I mean, how much are we training? Are we just training in the interior design firm or window treatment firms, SOPs and the way they work? Or are we giving them skills? Walk me through that. Yeah, for sure. So it's specific types of departments um, or specific types of roles. So for example, if it's mm-hmm. a lead designer or one that is customer facing um, and they're responsible for winning the deals, then we have sales training or business development training, how to you know develop leads with relationship referral relationships or mm-hmm. okay. um, having a sales system. So there's role training. Um, and then there's for those procurement specialists, there's project management, customer service training, um, how to de-escalate um, customer problems, how to get organized in a process, you know, stuff like that. Jessica, if I came to you and I said, hey, Wingnut Social needs a salesperson, and we do, we do need a salesperson. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the sales and I suck at sales. Um, and you're like, okay, Darla, great. We're going to find you a salesperson for Wingnut Social. Um, what are, what are, are you looking for qualified people who are already adept at sales and have some of these skills already? Or is there well, like, okay, here's path A we can take, Darla. Let's find this person who already has all the skills. Or we can find you this type B person who is promising, and I think we can mold them to Wingnut Social, and we can train them in sales. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? Or yeah. is it just, okay, we're going to get them no matter who they are and train them. Yeah. So <laughs> from the recruiting side of it, we're looking for three specific areas. We want to make sure that they have a good culture fit with you all, that they're going to you know, groove with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that they have specific skills in mind. So you know, if they've done the sales before, they need to have proven track records of sales. Um, and then we need to make sure that they have um, specific experience in an industry or an area. And so through those three things, you get a qualified salesperson, then the training comes in with giving them some tactics or processes to execute in their day-to-day job. You know, we'll actually talk about, all right, what five people you're going to be calling today? What is going to be your script? How are you going to negotiate with them? And we'll go through and help them do their job. Okay, sorry, I got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I was just wrapping my head around around what that process looks like for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about going with an agency such as yours, yours, Mm -hmm. right, for hiring someone who is a good fit, who's professional, and hopefully will stick around for the long run if that's what you want, Mm -hmm. versus trying to do it yourself. And I'll tell you from a, a business owner, I have done both. (laughs) <laughs> and always doing it myself. Well, not always, because I mean, I have people on the team, I've done it myself that are that turned out to be amazing. But for those five or six amazing people that I have, <laughs> I could probably show you another 12 <laughs> that, <laughs> that weren't right. And that yeah. was a lot of investment, a lot of hard money spent, a lot of a lot of lessons learned. And I'm, I'm assuming that going with an agent for or an agency such as yourself isn't free. Right. Right. There's a little bit of an investment there. So tell us how doing that versus doing it yourself, going on LinkedIn or something pays for itself or or and then some. So if someone in the audience is thinking, gosh, you know, I want to expand my team. I mean, obviously, we want them to go with you or or to look you guys up. But, you know, maybe they want to go with any agency. Right. So first, let's tell us why they need to even think about it. Yeah. So there's actually two different types of agencies. There's retained recruiters and contingent recruiters. Contingent recruiters 
dollars are ones that are commissioned a percentage of a person's salary. Yeah. And usually, you know, there might be like a percentage down, but usually they like go and they find the person without any payment. But then, you know, you're paying half of the person's salary to that recruiter because they took all the risk up front to go search. The retained recruiters is what we do. We are like your extension of your HR department. So you're paying for the time that it takes, the cost that it takes to find that person. And in the long run, it's actually a lesser of investment than the massive commission you'd be paying to your contingent recruiter. And I take it a step further because we are people operations. So we're looking at the holistic approach of um, the recruiting process recruiting agencies, they only do the upfront process, which is a resume screen and a five minute phone call. And then they're like, oh yeah, okay, you sound half decent. Let's forward them over. Where we're doing handholding start to finish, we're coaching you through the recruiting process. We do three areas of screening. Then we schedule all of the subsequent follow-up with you guys and then mm-hmm. all the way through the offer. So it's this coaching process combined with the retained recruiting. Right. And what kind of guarantee do you guys offer if they turn out, you know, because it happens, a candidate will go through and jump all the hoops and they'll do stellar. And then once their butts in a seat on the job, they turn out to be, you know, something different. What kind of guarantee yeah. would you have versus like if we did this in real life, there's no guarantee, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, first from the guarantee perspective is it's a 120 day prorated guarantee. So in the first 60 days, if something were to happen, regardless of what we replace them, no questions asked, um, for no charge Mm -hmm. between 60, 90 days, then there's a smaller rate from 90 to 120. I mean, at some points, you know, they should be flying (laughs) with you or you should be cutting it off, you know, after five years, Jessica, (laughs) yeah. Right. <laughs> I want all my money back. They right. decided to, right? Yeah, no, that I understand that. We have um, at Wingnut, we have a 90 day probationary period. I guess that's mm-hmm. pretty standard in the industry, right? Yep. Okay. So that, that sounds very reasonable. Okay. So let's talk about something um, that I'm sure the audience would like to know is let's talk about salaries and salary expectations and yeah. what you're seeing as far as junior designers, senior designers, procurement, uh, you know, operations, that kind of thing. Where are you seeing salaries going from uh, pre-pandemic to now? Are you, are, I know the inflation has, uh, yeah. inflation last year has set up salaries a little bit as well, but I think they're pulling back some. Yeah. Um, but then again, there's the economy, right? So I would think there'd be a little bit more competition, right? Well, I'd right. not quite as many people hiring, yet, right. right? So what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, the different factors that, um, go towards salary is your individual markets. If you're in a small town versus a big, uh, town, mm-hmm. sure. um, having the, uh, competition, your direct local competition, what they're offering, and Mm -hmm. then what the role actually pays, the experience of it. And so from a a scale standpoint, you know, we're seeing that your senior designers, um, even your junior designers, they're going to be on a salary basis. And that can be ranging really anywhere, depending on their experience, between 50,000 and 100,000 and Mm -hmm. their level. So um, it has increased since the pandemics, certainly because of those things that you mentioned. Um, But it's coming down to 
trainability. You know, if they are someone that has all the experience that's done it exactly, well, then they are much higher in worth in their salary than someone that you're going to have to spend 12 months training up to speed. They're fresh out of college just with, you know, their um, schooling. They don't actually have real job life experience. So those things are similar to the past, but it is, it has increased and um, salary for those senior and those junior designers. Whereas any of your procurement, you know, it depends on how much business you have. That might be an mm-hmm. hourly part-time, or if you have the, the business, that could be a salary role as well. I was going through a rebrand in my company and having a new website built. And I brought in Wingnut at around the same time. And had them do a strategy. In that strategy, I found it to be really comprehensive and actionable. I, like probably many designers, find Instagram to be such a bear. I understand that it is so, so important. It is a visual medium. What we do is so visual, Um, but it's just, it's an entire full-time job. And with running a business and actually doing design, it was just really not feasible for me to keep up that pace with Instagram if I ever wanted to sleep. (laughs) Um, So working with Wingnut, they have taken all of that off of my plate, which honestly is the most invaluable piece of working with Wingnut. Are you, do you also help with hiring part-time? Yes. Employees? Really? Yeah. Okay. And it, it really just depends on what they value in the investment. You know, if they think mm-hmm. it's worth it to find that part-time person that maybe is a specialist, then for sure others go, yeah, no, the investment's too high to make it worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for answering that, by the way, because that's one of the most common questions that I see in the interior design groups on Facebook. You know, I'm hiring, thinking of hiring a junior designer. What kind of sal- what are salaries y'all play in? You know, what should I pay them? I mean, that's quite a uh, a wide range, fifty to a hundred thousand, but uh, I mean, a range is good, right? Yeah, to have that, yeah, and uh, that's for junior to senior designers, or that was just the junior designer side. Junior to senior, yeah. Okay, okay. So senior's yeah. going to be more on the upper end of that, <laughs> right? And it also depends if they're the ones winning the deals. You know, are they the senior designer that is mm-hmm. going to lead the project because they have all the experience, or are they the ones also winning the deals? So that would vary and. Mm-hmm even go higher on the six figures if they were the ones on the sales side of it. Mm-hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. And is that the same for on the, well, we're, you know, I'm, my experience is interior design, right? Cause I had the design firm, but is that the same on the window treatment side as well? I imagine, or what, what is, I don't know too much about the window treatment industry. I'll say Luanne Nagara, <laughs> that's another show <laughs> of a well-designed business. She does for sure. What, what would the equivalent be there in the window treatment industry? And is the salary the same? Yeah, for sure. So on a sales side, that would be the equivalent of a, a lead designer. So that might be anywhere from 75,000 to 125,000 on an average. Wow. Okay. Um, and then for your Project managers, they're going to be in the fifty to sixty thousand dollar range, depending on their experience. Installers mm-hmm. will range, like helpers, will be maybe forty to sixty thousand, and then your lead installers could be sixty to eighty if they're a specialist. You know, mm-hmm. it'll it depends. So. Thank you. This this is really helpful, these figures. And if you're thinking of hiring out there, there you go. So you can kind of have a range in expectations. And I'm assuming these are with or without benefits, such as health insurance, 401k, all that, or or, or that includes benefits. Yeah. So that's just the actual 
uh, mm-hmm. salary figure, it would be benefits on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely encourage benefits, even if they're, you know, clever, like you get to wear jeans all the time. That's a benefit <laughs> to some, you know, just put it out there. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you want to attract people to work for you and you'll find that perfect person that way. Yeah. Wingnut sh- Social's benefits are you can wear pajama bottoms for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> It's a just benefit. Look, it is. People just love look, it. <laughs> just look nice from the waist up. No, right. we also we also we also have health insurance, four hundred one k, and all that stuff here. Um, so if you know a salesperson, okay, let me ask you: What is a salesperson in a marketing agency range? Um, they're going to be in the hundred thousand um, figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what. I, that's why I do it. One fifty. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm still doing it, ladies and gentlemen. That is hard to part with. Let me tell you. Yeah. All right. So, so very very cool. So what are you seeing um, for the future of hiring for interior design firms and interior design? We touched a little bit on the economy, and maybe there being some pullback with. Expanding or scale, or are you not seeing that because you deal more with higher end luxury interior design firms? And if yeah. I'm wrong, correct me. Yeah, no, we we don't see it as much because of mm-hmm. the high end um, luxury firms. And when they come to us, it's a specialty position usually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that they haven't. It's taken too long to have them find, or it is really important to their company, so they're going to make the investment. So um, we're not seeing a lot of slowdown in certain parts. Certain clients um, like. Upper East, I've seen slowdowns. Um, then the South is pretty strong, yeah, um, and growing. But I think for the future of hiring, um, two things for our industry has to be um, open. You know, the owners have to be open to is a remote interview process. Um, not that it has to be entirely remote, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're seeing candidates wanting to meet with a lot of businesses to make sure they're making the right choice. Um, and they can't be taking off of work all the time. And so, you know, make accommodations for them. If you want that top talent, they have ethics. They're, they're good at what they do. And so you want that person that is a little hesitant to just, jump ship from their daily job and go meet half the day with you, be respectful of that. So just like people are looking for remote work, they're also looking for remote um, Zoom interview processes and that sort of thing. Um, That would be a big element. And the other element too is um, keeping in mind that the candidates do have a lot of options. And so you have to keep being creative and um, inventing ways to put yourself apart from everyone else, just like you would in a marketing sense, you know, when you're trying to brand your business, be special, stand out. It's the same thing with candidates. They got to know why it is your business that is the best one for them to work with. Right. I'm curious as to why the Northeast, right, um, would be a little bit less. And my the first thought that came to my head when you said that is because of the taxes. <laughs> I'm in Maryland and the taxes here, in Mar- you know, in Maryland are crazy. I know New York, New Jersey, maybe New Jersey, not so much. Um, the tax taxes around all that are crazy. It's so much more expensive to hire, you know, as a when we hire remote employees, we have employees all around the country. Mm-hmm. So it's so much more expensive to hire in states like New York or California, even that's mm-hmm way west but have you seen that impact your your pool of applicants or where people want to hire from or those firms or 
Yeah, um, it just it, it takes a little bit longer to find that person then or get them to want to hire. Like the business is still there. It just isn't um, like the flood from beginning of COVID, the design mm-hmm. boom that I kept calling it. And so mm-hmm. now it's just normaling out um, and peeping our people are kind of freaking out, but mm-hmm. I, it's not lower than pre-pandemic. So you just have to work a little harder. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And and something else that I picked up on there that I want to uh, comment on is that we're you're talking about, you haven't really seen a lot of slowdown because you're working with higher end, mm-hmm. you know, more luxury, higher end interior designers and the same here at Wingnut. Our clients tend to be the higher end, more luxury interior designers, more established firms. Mm-hmm. And if you're rethinking your business direction or if you're, you know, I, that's, I think that's just another argument for specializing in higher end. I, I've had oh, yeah. a, I had a designer say, Hey, um, uh, things might be slowing down a little bit. I'm wondering if I should lower my service offerings and start doing, you know, e-design or, and I said, no, 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 that's a race to the bottom. That's the last yeah. thing you want to do. Yeah. You know, if anything, you know, level up, Yeah. you know, and, um, that advice was followed and that designer is doing, you know, better. So <laughs> yeah. it seems counterintuitive. So it seems counterintuitive, but it, it's, I'll be damned if it doesn't work out that way. It's so, it's so funny. Yeah. And on the process side for us, you know, when we're working with um, the business owners to figure out what their budgets are going to be for the new year and stuff, a lot of times if they're being conservative, they'll say, okay, well, let's slash that marketing budget. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Never, ever <laughs> touch that one. <laughs> Put more into it when you're feeling the pressure. So we got to pull yep. from other areas and it's the same thing if you're specializing it there's always going to be business in your specialty so just keep focused yeah thank you for saying that and that was unsolicited by the way folks but it's <laughs> I, I i compare it to like a slinky dog you know it's it's counterintuitive but if you pull back on your marketing during any kind of challenge economic challenge it's going to come back to bite you when mm-hmm. things get better then your competition who didn't pull back are just that much farther ahead of you yeah. um you know, in their business and you got all that catching up to do. And it's just, it's not, it's not great. Not at all. All right, Jessica, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you on this topic that you think the audience needs to hear before we get into the what up wing that round? Well, I think the other change for the future that interior designers um, and small business owners should focus on is a way to physically test the candidates that um, come through the process. And you and I talked, you know, on our first um, podcast episode about the shadow process, which I'm still a big believer in, um, but doing some sort of test where, you know, maybe it's putting together a mood board or showing their portfolio or, you know, something Mm -hmm. that just gives the business owner more confidence in making the right decision, because that's what I see as a failure in the process is it's the business owner being indecisive or unsure if the person sitting in front of them is the, the greatest, you know, change for their business. And so test them, you know, ask them for examples, proof. Okay, well, that that's going to lead me to one more question. How much can you test a candidate, a potential candidate without um, paying them? <laughs> like, I, I understand seeing your portfolio or something, but say you want them to run through a gauntlet of yeah. create them, create, here's a client, here's their story, here's their problem, create a 
you know, solution for it? How in depth can you get with a client before you're like, you know, exhausting that aspect yeah. of, hey, I'm not getting paid to do this? So from a respect level, I don't want to make candidates do anything over two hours worth of work. Um, unless, okay. you know, they're coming to shadow for a half day, that's different. They're just observing. Um, but, you know, assuming that they have a job and they're just switching jobs, you know, we need to be conscious that they also have to get paid for what they're doing currently. So, um, you know, if it is a test, two hours, three hours max, you know, it shouldn't be a full day thing, but you could start paying them. <laughs> you know, I have had clients that say, well, I really want to test them longer. Okay, fine. Then pay them mm -hmm. a stipend for doing that. Yeah. I've done that. I've had um, search engine optimization candidates come through and I've said, okay, here's the Wingnut social URL, do an SEO audit and, you mm -hmm. know, giving them something because uh, th those aren't inexpensive to do. <laughs> those, uh, all, <laughs> right. Right. all right. All right, Jessica Harling, thank you so much for joining us again and um, giving us your insights on the state of everything. We really appreciate it. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Oh, I'm ready. So we've been through this before, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concoct a couple of different questions for you. Okay. So the, my first question would be, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Ooh, I love olive trees because I love olives. <laughs> That's a really good, and the, the wood is super hard on those, right? I think they build very strong things. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> my next question is, if you were a superhero, what superhero would you be and why? Oh, that's a good one, too. Or what um, superpower, I should say. Well, I've always wanted the power of, um, what is it, teleportation. You just, like, snap and be anywhere. <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a really good one. Like yeah. the movie Jumpers. Right. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> that Did you ever see that? Yeah. Uh, with Hayden Christensen, Jumpers? Right. I loved it. It was great. And um, last but not least, we will ask you the book one. Please recommend a book that's impacted you, either personally or professionally. Um, yes. Uh, professionally, I would say Getting Things Done by David Allen. Well, how did that help you? Uh, it's a, a productivity book. And so it goes through like how to manage your emails, how to kind of spend your time wisely. One of the things that I got from it is touch things once. And I kind of apply that to a lot of processes that we build. Um, but if you touch it once, you know, you're not rehashing it, rehashing, rehashing, which is time out of your days. So um, if it's an email, make a decision about it and move it on. Or if it's a project, touch oh, okay. it once, like handle it and then move on. Done is better than perfect. Is, would that align with that? Yeah. Or no? Sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Making okay. a decision, you know, just mm -hmm. being decisive. I do a lot of that, not imperfect done things. <laughs> yeah. Jessica, Jessica Harling, thank you so much for joining us again. Please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and Behind the Design, and we'll call it a day. Okay. Well, you can find Behind the Design on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And our website is gobehindthedesign.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks, Starla. All right, kids. I still need a salesperson, <laughs> but I don't know if I'm, I want to let that go. That hundred and hundred fifty thousand dollars a year go right now. See, I'm my own worst enemy right now because here I'll, I'll be the first one to say to scale your business, you need to hire and grow. And I, I have no doubt that if I did that, it would happen. I just, I'm not a control freak per se, but I, I think it's the last thing that I'm holding on to <laughs> besides the podcast here in the business. So I'll, I'll, we'll talk. We'll talk, Jessica. I know. I, I know I've reached out to you in the past. We'll talk. I know.
I know it needs to be done. I'm not the best salesperson. I'm just like, here you go. <laughs> Here's what we do. Here's why we do it the best. Yin yow. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's not that far from that. So if you're thinking of hiring for your interior design firm or your window treatment um, firm, I guess they're still firms, right? Shop. Are they shops? They're called shops, right? Sorry. Window treatments were never my thing, never my strong point. Or your architect firm or, or the like, or maybe you're a to-the-trade vendor. Head on over to GoBehindTheDesign.com and check out Jessica and her services. I'm sure that you uh, can't go wrong there. And if you need marketing for any of those above mentioned industries, wingnutsocial.com, that's all we do. We do marketing for the interior design vertical because I am a former, I guess, interior decorator, interior designer, however you want to call that, out of Miami, Florida. And that's how I grew into this business was because my marketing for my previous firm was so impactful. Designers said, please market for me. I don't know how you're getting in magazines and all this, but I want that too. And so long story short, Wingnut Social was born and ended up, I really love doing this. So this is what I do now full time. Plus, I'm not in Miami anymore. I moved and divorce and a wedding and all that, but you don't care about that. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can work together. And that is it for this episode. Remember, until next time, to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Hey there, Jessica Harling. Welcome back to the show. How the hell are you? I'm doing great, Darla. So excited to be back. Hold on, we got my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, Jessica Harling. Welcome back to the show. How the hell are you? I am doing very well. How are you? I am doing really well. And I don't know if you heard my dog in the background, (laughs) but he may try. I need my notes. Good boy, Mango.